I had this theory in grad school called the web of awesome. And it was, you know, that you're a point contact in this web of these incredible people. And if you meet all these amazing people or awesome people along the way, that they will increase this network of awesome people. Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from the brightest founders and CEOs in medical devices and health technology. Join tens of thousands of ambitious doers as we unpack the insights, tactics, and secrets behind the most successful life science startups in the world. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey everyone, it's Scott. In this episode of MedSider, I sat down with Carla Spina, CEO of Noah Therapeutics. She began her academic journey at the University of Calgary in the fields of inorganic and analytical chemistry and continued on with her PhD at McGill University. After developing pharmaceutical formulations in Germany, Carla eventually transitioned to Exciton Technologies, where she led the development and global commercialization of antimicrobial wound care treatments. Later at Exciton Pharma, Carla pioneered first-in-class pharmaceuticals for inflammatory and infectious skin diseases, and currently she spearheads Noah Therapeutics, a Canadian biotech firm that is transforming how immune diseases are treated. Here are a few of the key things that we discussed in this conversation. First, being capital efficient during the early stages is both about where you spend the money and where you secure it. Engage with your ecosystem to validate your idea and to get as close as possible to those who are already in the field and looking to collaborate, such as startup incubators, academics, and accelerators. Second, building a company is not a solitary endeavor. The key is to actively seek help, share your ideas, and learn from others. This approach not only helps to validate and refine your ideas, but also expands your network, which is crucial for long-term success. Third, reach out to a wide range of potential investors and stakeholders as you never know where funding opportunities may arise. Build strong relationships and seek advocates in your space by being authentic and genuine in your interactions. At the end of the day, talking to as many people as possible is crucial. Okay, so before we jump into this episode, if you're listening to this show, I'm going to make the assumption that you're a dedicated pro looking to learn from the best in the business. If that's the case, which I think it probably is, I've got some exciting news related to our premium memberships. First, let's talk a little bit about MedSider Playbooks, your ticket to going from zero to 100 with your company or your career. You see, our team has handpicked collections of the most insightful interviews with the brightest founders and CEOs. People like Nadim Yard, CEO of CVRX, and Mike Carusi, a serial medtech entrepreneur and general partner at Lightstone Ventures. These proven leaders shared their strategies and tactics for running a successful startup. Whether you're looking to master capital fundraising, navigate early stage development, tackle regulatory challenges, understand reimbursement, or maybe even position your venture for a meaningful exit, MedSider Playbooks have got you covered. And the best part, all of them are available to our premium members. Get instant access to these valuable resources at medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Okay, here's the second thing. I completely understand that fundraising can be one of the most daunting tasks for any startup, especially in today's environment. That's why we've created a meticulously curated database of investors right at your fingertips. Explore a wealth of VC funds, private equity firms, angel groups, and more, all eager to invest in medical device and health technology startups. Access to this database is a premium member exclusive, so don't miss out. But that's definitely not all. When you become a MedSider Premium member, you'll get access to every volume of MedSider Mentors, where the brightest founders and CEOs share their invaluable learnings. Plus, you'll unlock the entire archive of every MedSider interview dating back to 2010. So if you're serious about advancing your career or your startup and want to tap into this treasure trove of knowledge, it's time to consider becoming a MedSider Premium member. Visit medsiderradio.com forward slash premium to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's jump back into the interview. All right, Carla, welcome to uh, MedSider Radio. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Scott. 
yeah, looking forward to not only learning uh, a bit more about your uh, your your journey, right, uh, from drug device combos to now to now running uh, neurotherapeutics. It should be a, a very very good conversation. Um, so, with that said, I recorded a very brief bio at the outset of this this episode, uh, but I always like to start here first, right? If you can kind of give us a an elevator pitch for your professional background leading up to to co founding uh, the company and you know serving serving as uh, as Noah CEO. Absolutely. So I am a chemist by training. I did my PhD under Dr. David Scott Boley McGill, bioenergetic chemist, studying compounds at the interface of inflammatory and infectious disease. Um, But I always knew I wanted to do industry. And so I actually fought for an internship um, and was able to secure uh, formulations, pharmaceutical formulations internship in Germany at BASF uh, during my PhD. Uh, and then that enabled me to transition into um, drug de- or device um, development, where I actually was pitching an idea of my own at a tech transfer facility in Edmonton. Uh, and the CEO of the company that I was in uh, got called into the room and said, you need to meet this person. And I started as a, a senior researcher for that company and uh, stuck with them through the development of five drug device combinations uh, focused on infectious disease for skin care. Uh, then during the course of post-market surveillance, we were evaluating therapeutic activities, actually the drug compounds, and spun out a pharma company uh, in Toronto based upon the active ingredient from the drug device combination for acute bacterial skin and skin structure indications. And that led the foyer into the therapeutics realm. And uh, then uh, during that course, I uh, began discussing with my PhD supervisor and I met my co-founder. We were both presenting at a skin research conference and decided uh, that we really liked each other and we wanted to try something new. Um from a background perspective, my sister's actually immunocompromised. So I've always been interested in inflammatory and immune diseases and leveraging her background in combination with mine. Uh, one year ago, we founded uh, Noah Therapeutics to target uh, the development of novel small molecules for inflammatory diseases. Got it. That's super, super helpful background. I, I think that sets the stage for uh, a lot of what we'll get into, uh, especially considering you've been around a lot of early stage early stage, yeah. <laughs> uh, not only kind of device companies, but uh, biotech companies as well. So yeah. talk to us a little bit more about what you're working at on NOAA and really sort of the, 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 the origin of the specific, you know, kind of mo- molecules that you're uh, you're developing now. You mentioned your, your sister is immunocompromised. So clearly there's a sort of a, a personal interest, right, in, 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 in the, this, this area, but you've also got a lot of domain Absolutely. expertise as well. Absolutely. So, so understanding my my sister has uh, lupus, and understanding the complexities of immune diseases is exactly what we are we are focusing on. I have never shied away from something that was challenging, uh, and immune diseases or inflammatory diseases are inherently heterogeneous and complex with multiple underlying drivers. And I've seen it personally myself. My sister's been in and out of the hospital on cycles of treatment failures uh, for the last twenty years, and this is fairly common. And, um, for patients with inflammatory diseases where there are cycles of, of treatment failure. So the, the physicians will go through multiple rounds of therapies, um, hoping 
to hit the uh, target. It always screams for diagnostic pairing tools, um, but uh, the physicians generally go in blind, not knowing what the underlying drivers are for the disease. And so they'll cycle through treatment options um, that focus on one target specifically. The treatment will go through a course of uh, four to 16 weeks. The patient will have failures. They'll go through another therapy targeting another action. And so at least about uh, 89% of patients really dissatisfied with current therapeutic options, about 60% failures, and then uh, long-term use of the therapeutics uh, causes uh, complications and health challenges. So what we're working at at NOAA is a more holistic approach. So we are developing uh, small molecules that address the three key drivers uh, for inflammatory diseases involving barrier dysfunction. So barriers being our skin, our gut, eyes, heart, even the neurons in, in our brain. And these novel trimodal therapies are able to address multiple disease drivers simultaneously to increase the probability of success and uh, confer the potential for disease modification or resolution of these chronic inflammatory diseases. Very good. Um, very complex stuff. Um, and you, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, high level, high level is not not my strong suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no. That's uh, uh, and you you chose obviously an area from the from the get go in your career, right? Or a uh, uh, organic uh, organic chemistry that is not uh, not for the the faint of heart. So, um, uh, no. but, but I, I, lo- I love the area. Um, it's always been sort of a kind of a personal interest of mine, right? Like uh, this autoimmune space. Um, and uh, largely because it's it's just there's not like there's hardly any very you know solid treatment options, right? Like you just kind of painted the story of yeah. like what, what, to, what most, most patients have to go with. And I think, you know, most of our, our audience that will likely listen to this does know someone, right? Whether it's a, a friend or family that suffers from so, some sort of autoimmune, uh, uh, autoimmune uh, disease. So obviously ma- massive market solving, you know, looks like you're solving for a very, very real, real need um, as well. So um Kudos, kudos to, to, to you for not, not being afraid to, to tackle, you know, large challenges. So, yep. yeah. Um, but, it's, but, it's, it's definitely fun. You could watch, I always tell my kids to watch Curse of Garrett. If you know the one it's a <laughs> immune, the immune system, it's a complex thing. Um, and yeah, we're only addressing r- really just the, the surface, but trying to understand and integrate that complexity into a solution. Got it. And one, one follow-up question before I ask you kind of about like the, the current stage Noah is at right now, but mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the molecules that you're working with are largely um, largely targeting kind of the lining related kind of issues. And maybe, exactly. maybe help me understand that for someone, although I, I did actually like organic chemistry in, in my undergrad, yeah. uh, it was one of, <laughs> one of my favorite courses, but uh, not nearly as, uh, as, as an expert in this area as you. So if, if I'm a, if I'm a freshman in high school, what what is what is what what do you mean by that? Where these molecules Absolutely. help to kind of solve these 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 lining issues? So when our first indication, our first use case is atopic dermatitis, um, and atopic dermatitis, much like ulcerative colitis, is actually a, a breach in the skin's barrier or a breach in the um, barrier of the the lumen, the lining of the, the gastrointestinal system, um, where that breach in the barrier not only um, disrupts the the barrier itself, um, so leading 
us prone to infection or external environmental contaminants, um, but also triggers inflammatory responses. And again, the cycle of which comes first, sort of chicken or the egg, mm. uh, is the barrier bre- breached or the inflammation process causes the barrier to be breached. And it's, it's again, you know, a, a point of debate for many physicians. Um, mm. But uh, the inflammatory component is, is critical because th- th- there is inherently, you know, an underlying systemic inflammatory component. So what we're doing is is not only addressing the inflammatory component, which again, the majority of drugs on the market are focused on, but we are also addressing that breach in the in the barrier. Um, so we upregulate um, pathways associated with reformation or uh, advancing terminal differentiation or uh, reformation of that barrier so that uh, we can not only curb the inflammation, but also restore that barrier function to prevent um, the future occurrences. And again, all while conferring antimicrobial efficacy so that we can prevent those infections that that are that the host is susceptible to because of the breach in the barrier. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I um in my in my days with Juve, which was really more of a of a direct to consumer health company, um, got to know a lot of sort of natural health influencers that talked a lot mm-hmm. about this idea of, of of leaky gut, right? And what happens, yes, you know, exactly. when the barrier is is uh, is breached, right? And 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 the, and the host of problems that, that leads to and some one natural path that I've that I've heard about is you know people going on a certain diet, right, to help sort of heal the lining. But it sounds like these molecules yeah. actually it really will accelerate sort of the, the healing uh, of, of that lining to prevent some of these 100%. infections, yep. autoimmune um, related kind of uh, downstream effects. So very cool. So yep. NOAA Therapeutics for everyone listening, NOAA is N-O-A. So NOAAtherapeutics.com is the website. Uh, you can go learn a little bit more about uh, the science of uh, Carla and her team are developing, but give us a sense uh, before we kind of go back in time and and, and get your, get your, uh, Get your uh, your take on various functions of a kind of a life science startup. Um, give us a sense for kind of where, where the company currently is. You know, we're recording this in Q4 of 23. Uh, Absolutely. You know, where, where are you at? Where, uh, where so so we're we're very early stages of company. So we are preclinical biotech, um, and uh, we're residents of uh, J&J Innovation, uh, J Labs, and Mars, um, which is Canada's largest incubator. Um, and we're just closing our oversubscribed pre-seed round. So we're in a very exciting time for us where we have, you know, verified preliminary results that are exciting enough uh, <laughs> to warrant uh, investment. And uh, in closing our round, we're really excited to jump back into the lab and really advance our preclinical program, not just for atopic dermatitis, but advancing into um, systemic inflammatory diseases like ulcerative colitis. Got it. So preclinical sounds like you uh very successful with this recent fundraising. I mean, there's not in this current fundraising environment, right? Oh, it's I know. not uh, I, I mean know. It's, that's that's not yeah. an easy task to oversubscribe around. So congrats on that. And I, I'd like to get Thank you, you. later on in the in the conversation around kind of what's worked for you in your journey fundraising. But uh but yeah, that that that's awesome. It'd be fun to kind of continue to watch uh watch what you and your team do at, at NOAA. So um with that said, let's jump into kind of the, my my first question, which is largely around kind of early stage development and how how to how to how to be as efficient as possible right and so you know what you're yes. doing at no is probably actually a, a perfect analog to this to this topic right when you're you're dealing with you know pretty limited funds in most in most cases but trying to make <laughs> Always. trying Always. to reach the sort of the next inflection point in product development so you know thinking back yeah. either to your early days kind of on more the device drug side or even even now right with what you're doing at NOAA what's your best advice for other entrepreneurs that are trying to trying to be as efficient as possible you know with limited capital so we always ensure that the work that we're doing is aligned. So not not only alignment with I think the 
the the month that I opened up the company um, last summer, I went out and spoke with four patient advocacy groups just to verify that I wasn't crazy and that the, the need that I was perceiving um, from my experiences is, was a legitimate need across the board. Um, but not only did we speak with the patient advocacy groups, but we very early on uh, had outreach to uh, later stage sophisticated investors, uh, pharmaceutical partners or industry partners, and verified not only what we were doing, the value of what we were doing, but exactly as you mentioned, which of the key inflections would we need um, to trigger those subsequent rounds of investment um, and trigger early co-development interest and ensure that uh, all of our work that we were executing had function and value inflection associated with it and identifying, again, the minimum inflections required to trigger not only this round of financing, but subsequent round of financing so that we could have a, a longitudinal um, path forward. Um, we also uh, absolutely like uh, ecosystem support. So, you know, reaching out with the non-dilutive funding supporters, reaching out with the ecosystem supporters, finding those champions. That was really critical um, at a very early stage for us because, <laughs> you know, if uh, you're you're down in Boston at Bio and you've got five other people um, at a party, like tapping on shoulders for investor contacts for you, that uh, you know quintuples your workflow. So, yeah, that, no, that's that's good stuff. And I um, it reminds me of a conversation I, I literally just had this morning. I was talking with uh, one of our um, consultants at at Fastway. We were talking about um, you know, just in general, like startups that that are um, sort of actively sort of in in the in the public domain, talking to you know having a lot of conversations, exactly. discussions versus those yeah. that operate in stealth mode. And I, I don't want to yeah. like totally, um, I mean, there's, there's maybe some, some good rationale to be completely stealth, but from my experience, you, you have to be talking to a lot of people, even, even early on. Right. Um, and that, that's not just investors. Village. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So even with your like clear domain expertise and track record in the space, you're still at the various early, earliest stages talking to advocacy groups, just confirming, Right that you're on yeah this is the path that we think is best right and yeah. confirming that there's a there's a real need to solve here and uh you know and 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 probably that that's you know you're sort of killing two birds with one stone in the sense that you're making you're raising awareness for for what you're doing at, at NOAA with these advocacy groups, right? Um, in the event that you want to come circle back around, uh, you know, well, at, I at think a later that stage. speaks to it speaks to efficiency, right? Like not only are you doing one activity, but that one activity has three outputs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, such a, such a good point. And um, one of the one of the things that that stood out, kind of in just hearing you kind of answer that answer that question, is um, thinking like thinking uh, uh, ahead, right? Looking around the corner, yeah. and obviously you're 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 acutely focused on, you know, closing this, this seed stage to get to those next inflection points, but also thinking about what are the, what are the inflection points after that? Right. So you're going to, yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's one of the things that, um, that, you know, just talking, uh, talking to other, other founders and CEOs that seems like maybe is underappreciated a, a lot is, is that, that more long-term view, right. Um, you know, there's obviously all of us are, you know, tend to have, you know, tend to highly focus on what's what's very, very, very close in front of us. But if you're not thinking about that that, that next round and well, yeah, you know. one of the things I tell my kids is uh, when you're playing when you're playing chess with someone, it's it's not the move ahead that you think, it's not your opponent's move ahead that you think, but it's the move that you're going to make after your opponent's next move. Mm. Yeah, yeah, certainly a lot of a lot of stress. It reminds me of the 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 conversation I had with uh, Kate Rumroll, who's uh, the CEO of Ablative Solutions, and she she touched on that very same thing, right? Like that's 
that's sort of the, the you, know, you don't always get it right, of course, right? But the onus is on uh, on nope. the founder CEO to be to be looking around the, the corner, right? And not not just with one plan to address what you think is around the corner, but multiple but plans. But plan A, B, C, D, E, and F, one hundred percent, twelve steps ahead in every direction. Right. And you you mentioned you're in uh, you're leveraging uh, Mars and then J Labs, right? Two kind of incubators, I guess, for lack of a better description, or like part of the kind of the startup ecosystem. How how important is that? Has that been right to either? previous companies you've been involved with in earlier stages or even even Noah for that for that age. absolutely so so the incubator um within the we are residents of JLabs but it's actually very recent as of yesterday mm-hmm. um so in terms of the the support the mentorship and the connections has has really been incredible and I mean, I have to absolutely lean. It's it's been much even before that. There are a number of ecosystem partners in Ontario, the Ontario Biosciences Organization, Life Sciences Ontario, Ontario Centers of Innovation. Um, there's an excellent program, the Canadian Entrepreneurs and Life Sciences. These are all incubator accelerator programs, um, the biomedical zone at uh, not called the oh i think it's it's not ryerson anymore but i can't remember the name but these are all really excellent programs um that have been you know ideated uh by founders and operators or um you know ecosystem partners who have supported us along the way the knowledge that uh, we've gained has largely been either supported or um sort of ideated or enabled by those groups Hmm. are our residency at at Mars has been, you know, extremely aligned with executing on our goals. But uh, one of the very early programs that I, I can speak to is the Business Skills Development Program, uh, which was a very small grant. It was only twenty five thousand dollars, and it was, uh, you know, within for the sole purpose of increasing the skills of of executive levels or even training uh, of staff. And with that small or that small bursary, I could identify all of my, all of the areas in which I identified that I had shortcomings or that I wanted to improve upon um, from a development, self-development or career development perspective. And that not only enabled me to identify mentors in this space and connect me with the greater um, ecosystem, but gave me the skills that I needed to start NOAA. Mm. It, it was, you know, just the the support that we've been afforded um, with these programs um, and again the the support of the facilities and the incubator um, programs has has been phenomenal we would not be here without it yeah one, one of the things that that seems like stands out just hearing hearing you kind of riff a little bit about about your experiences with with incubators is um is just your, your framework around just always be learning right it, it seems like you're, you're very nat- naturally curious and that's that's a, a common trend that I see with a lot of successful you know founders and CEOs is is they're they're always interested in, in in learning more and and being open to 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 receptive to to feedback and you know looking at your background you know I could see someone saying really really Carla like you're getting that much value out of an incubator I mean you've kind of been around a lot of a lot of startups at this point but yet you're still you know talk it sounds like talking to a lot of people right uh constantly kind of lean, leaning into what else you can you can learn and pick up on 100% right you get out what you ask for and yeah. never be afraid never be afraid to ask yeah, yeah, that's really really good stuff. Um, let's let's transition a little bit to to your uh, experience going from 
pure play kind of research, if you will, from your PhD to industry. And I know you, you, you touched on the fact that you always knew kind of you wanted to land, um, you know, you wanted to be a company builder, you wanted to land on, on the industry side, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of academics that listen uh, to this, uh, to this uh, podcast and a lot of, a lot of clinicians, physicians, et cetera, that have an idea, right? They, they have this, yeah. they, this thing that kind of keeps bothering them. They, they it's a scratch yeah. that or an itch. They, they keep want they, they want to scratch, you know, it keeps, it continues to itch, but they don't know kind of, how to, how to make that transition. So when you think about your experience there, you know, after I think, you know, 10 plus years now, like building, building companies, was there something that either really stood out in, in that, in that journey, you know, kind of in that transition to industry or um, just, just other kind of, you know, words of wisdom, right. To other folks that are in that same boat that want to want to make the move to industry. I actually, I, I recently uh, was a keynote speaker at McGill. They asked me to come back, this, the Graduate Student Association. Yeah. Um, and the the title of the, the talk was Founding and Funding a Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew better than to give the talk myself because nobody wants to hear from me. It's <laughs> it's not that they don't. I mean, I, I, I definitely like talking, um, but uh, it's, it's the life science ecosystem. Again, I cannot say more. It, it takes a village. So instead of me being the only speaker talking, what I did for the students was bring in three investors and incubators, like a, mm-hmm. a series of stacked, layered system to have the students and have the professors have an awareness that the growth of a company isn't just creating it. The growth of a company is 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 longitudinal, and you know it. Can, you could be here if you're lucky for five years, and if you're, uh, I it depends on your goals, right? But you could be here five to ten years, and so it, it's understanding the the longitudinal path and the, what is required, not just at the ideation stage, but as you're moving through each stage of development. So in that lecture, I think again, one of the things that I could give to the students and and to the uh, academic um, supervisors is the connection to the persons who are going to enable them to grow in that ecosystem. So I brought in an incubator program, an early stage investor, a later stage investor, and, you know, convinced my law firm to volunteer an IP strategist um, so that they could talk with the students about the importance, you know, where's the value coming from within a company. Um, and so, you know, as it's as it's much been in my career, I wanted the students to understand that this isn't something that you do alone. There are many people that are involved. And I mean, even this show, right? Like <laughs> th- this is this is exactly what is required to build an ecosystem and to build successful companies. It's 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 awareness of what you don't know. Yeah, that that uh, I couldn't agree. I could I couldn't agree more. And it, it, it's funny that you even mentioned this podcast because I, I I still get people that listen, that, that, that respond to me or that listen to, that listen to, Med, to MedSider and they're like, well, Scott, why, why do you continue to do that? Right. Why do you continue to do these, these, yeah. these, uh, record these episodes? And, um, cause it's, it's, it's totally sort of a, a, a side project or a side hobby for me. Right. Um, and, uh, and I always come back to them and say, well, like, look, that, that's the, the, the number of people that I, that I get to connect with and have conversations with, uh, is, um, amazing in and of itself. Right. But I always, I mean, there's always like a handful of learnings that, that I, that I, I selfishly that I get out of these, out of these discussions, yeah. you know, which is, which is, yeah. uh, which is critical, you know, for, uh, for, you know, my own, my own work and, 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 and the companies that I'm working on. So couldn't agree with you more that like, you know, um, especially as a, as a founder CEO, right. Kind of operating under this guy, under the guys that you're, you're probably your top two initiatives are one, keeping money in the bank. Right. But also building out a team, right. Uh, whether that's, 
full-time employees, whether it's a kind of a, a, a hybrid of, you know, consultants and, 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 and employees. Um, but you know, yeah. that, that's sort of the, uh, that's, you know, uh, those, those are kind of the, the, the top two things. And it sounds like, uh, you're that, that message that you delivered, right. Is like, you know, look, you're, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to do this alone, right. You've got to build out, no. build out a network of people to kind of push up, push the boulder up the hill. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. I love, I love the, the, the fact of how you, um, how you frame that up too. I kind of speaks to, speaks to how you, how, how you think as well as that you didn't just give a, a traditional talk, right. You brought in, you brought in a lot no. of those, those, well, those value I, I mean, creators I, I along think... with you. Yeah, I think I can, I, I can speak there's, there's, so Noah as a, a name of a company is, there's actually two different meanings for it. So we have the investor friendly version, which is, it says that's a Maori, a Maori term. So my, my partner lived in New Zealand for seven years. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're not afraid of a challenge. Um, and so in, in Maori culture, there's two opposing terms, Noah and Tapu. Tapu is everything traditional, conservative and by the rules. And uh, Noah is everything defying convention and and breaking free from right. preconception. So that is, you know, one of the one of the things that we hold very dear. But the other possibly more legitimate name that was perhaps uh, <laughs> ideated on a park bench over a bottle of wine uh, <laughs> by my founder and myself um, was when I was in grad school. Uh, I had not everybody has great experience in grad school because you very often have supervisors, uh, you, you know, you, you you don't necessarily get to pick depending on what your your interests are. Um, and you can have a bad experience or you can have a good experience. But my cousin, um, bless her, she she had a bad experience. And one of the pieces of advice that she told me when I was going entering into grad school was um, take the students out and get them drunk and find out the truth. Um, and they'll tell you that they, like, they, they, you will meet amazing people in your life. And those amazing people will extend their network to you. And when you ask, you know, who you should meet and who you should be connected with, who can help you along your way, they'll connect you with other amazing people or because they're awesome, um, they will tell you this person might be, you know, pain in the ass, but they will be able to help you in this X, Y and Z. So I had this theory in grad school called the Web of Awesome. And it was, you know, that you're a point contact in this web of these incredible people. And if you meet all these amazing people or awesome people along the way, that they will increase this network of awesome people but yeah. uh serena my co-founder said we can't call it woa so we call it network of awesome so ah. oh that's that's such a phenomenal story i love those little insights yeah. hey there it's scott and thanks for listening in so far the rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for medsider premium members if you're not a premium member yet you should definitely consider signing up You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadim Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium.